answer my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, October 20th, 2017, and this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe to it. Your options include iTunes, Audio Boom, and Spotify. And please give this show a good review in iTunes. And while you're giving that review, leave your Twitter handle to be entered into a drawing for a free subscription to Pro Football Focus with all of their grades and stats. Well, the Jets hit the road this week. They have a game against the Miami Dolphins. Back to the site where I think you could say their 2016 season reached the point of no turning back. A year ago, it was right around this time of year, I think it may have been a week or two later in the season, the Jets visited Miami, their annual road game against the rival Dolphins, and they lost a game on a kickoff return in the fourth quarter. They allowed a kickoff return to go back for a touchdown, and really that's kind of where the wheels fell off. And I'm not sure the Jets were really going anywhere last year, even if they had won that game, but they were coming in on a two-game winning streak, felt like maybe they had righted the ship a little bit, and then things just kind of fell apart from that point on. So the Jets will look to avoid a similar fate this year. And this team's 3-3. and They've exceeded expectations, but things can kind of fall off. The wheels can kind of fall off quickly in the NFL, so that's why this is a pretty important game for the Jets. You don't want to have a two-game losing streak and then have to play Atlanta next week. Now, I know Atlanta's not having the season they did last year, but still not going to be an easy game next week. So this is a a relatively important game for the... As as October games go, this is a relatively important game for the Jets to get things back on track because things can spiral spiral out of control quickly in in the NFL. One moment you're doing great, you're feeling very comfortable, and then before you know it, you're on a three, four game losing streak and the season is just falling apart. So you want to avoid that. Today we're going to talk about the Miami game and we'll once again give you player to watch on both sides of the ball, a matchup to watch on both sides of the ball, and a key to victory on both sides of the ball. Let's start on offense. And my key player on offense is going to be Bilal Powell, who sounds like he's going to return to the lineup this week. And hopefully it'll provide a boost for the Jets. He got hurt in the game against Cleveland two weeks ago, relatively early, only had two rushing attempts in that game. The week before that, he had his best game of the year far and away, 163 yards on the ground and a touchdown against Jacksonville. So Jets are going to look to hopefully look to get Powell going again. It's a big boost to the lineup. They did not have him last week against the Patriots. I think he certainly was missed. So we'll see if the Jets can get Powell going and whether he can spark this offense. On the defensive side of the ball, my key player is Demario Davis, who 
has had one of the most interesting seasons I can remember a player having in recent memory because he's either standing out because he's great or he's standing out because he's playing really poorly and there seems to be no rhyme or reason to the way things are going. You know, the first two weeks of the season, his play was very poor. Week three against Miami, he's great. Week four against Jacksonville was really the only game where you can say he, didn't, he did not really stand out either way. It was really just kind of a so-so game. Week five against Cleveland, great again. Week six against the Patriots, pretty bad, I think. So it's been a very up-and-down season for Davis, and I guess that's maybe not a surprise for a guy who's kind of an inconsistent player, a guy who's been inconsistent for his entire career. But the Jets need him to play well this week because they're playing against a team that's focus is very much on the ground. When the the Dolphins have success on offense, it's because they get their run game going. So that means Davis is a guy who's going to have to step up and play a big game. I don't think he did that last week against New England. I think reviewing some of the footage from last week's game, when when the Jets had issues stopping the run frequently, it was Davis who was getting beaten on his assignment. So the Jets are hoping for a better performance this week out of Davis. They're hoping he plays well. They're hoping we see good Davis. So far this year, we've seen good Davis. We've seen bad Davis. And it's been funny because I, I, I haven't really seen a player with such highs and such lows, and you don't know what you're getting from week to week. It's, uh, it's quite an interesting season he's having. So from the Jets' standpoint, you hope to see Davis playing effectively. Now let's go to a key matchup on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to go with Cameron Wake against Brandon Shell. And the reason I'm focusing on this matchup is in the Week 3 game these teams played at the Meadowlands, there was not a whole lot that went wrong for the Jets. But one of the things that did go wrong was Brandon Shell had a really rough game against Wake. It was pretty tough on him. And... Jets are going to need a better performance out of Shell this week. I think the Jets were able to weather that performance by Shell in Week 3 because pretty much everybody played well, and Miami just played a terrible game. And that's the way it goes. Sometimes you catch a break. Sometimes you catch your opponent on the right week, and that's what happened with the Jets Week 3. I think we're probably going to see a much better performance by the Dolphins this time. I think that it would be very difficult for them to replicate how bad they were in Week 3. I think they're going to be motivated, and this is a divisional game, so what happened the first time doesn't really matter. Divisional games, anything can happen. So I think we're going to see a much better Miami team this time, and that's going to mean that the Jets will need Shell to play more effectively. They'll need to keep Josh McCown clean, and that's I think all eyes are at right tackle based on that week three performance. It was a rough one for Shell. They need him to be better in pass protection. And Shell's been up and down this year. He's had some excellent performances like week two where he really helped neutralize Khalil Mack. And then some, some not so great performances. The game against Wake was a rough one week three. Last week he had a rough game. I mean, last week he really was inconsistent in pass protection and I put there were two sacks the Jets had on their last drive, and as far as offensive linemen go, I thought 
Shell had the responsibility for those plays. Now, I put them just as much on Josh McCown because McCown can't take sacks at that point in the game, but it looked like Shell missed his assignment there. So Jets are going to need a bounce-back performance. They don't need Wake taking this game over. And for this off- for this offense, I think it's important to stay on schedule. It's important to not fall behind and put yourself into obvious passing situations. So Brandon Shell, Cameron Wake, that's my big matchup on the offensive side of the ball for the Jets. You know, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's mobile seam- seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing the Jets in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. SeatGeek was designed to take, make your p- ticket-buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Now let's move to the defensive side of the ball for a key matchup, and I would say Buster Screen against Jarvis Landry is one I have my eye on. Landry is the best receiver Miami has. He's the most accomplished receiver the Dolphins have on their roster, and he plays the slot a lot, so he'll see Screen plenty, and last two weeks, Buster Screen, I think, has played very well. I think he's playing very effective football. Do I expect it to continue? Well, Screen's a veteran who has not shown a lot of high-end play during his time with the Jets, so I'm not sure whether he can sustain it, but to the extent Miami has a passing attack, and it's not a very good passing attack that the Dolphins have, Landry is their go-to target. He leads the team with 38 catches, which is double the number two. Devontae Parker has 19, so Landry has double the catches of anybody else on this team. He's the guy you have to shut down. He's the guy their passing game runs through. So Screen's going to have an important matchup to try and uh, neutralize it. Now Miami's a team that I think the focus is stopping the run with them. Even I, I think that they're, they're the team that if you're going to beat them, the first thing you want to do is make sure they're not running the ball effectively. But to the extent you're going to be able to stop them through the air, it's going to mean having a way to neutralize Jarvis Landry. So Buster Screen's probably going to draw him the most, and Screen's got to have a good game for the Jets in that matchup. And now let's go to a key to the game on offense. And for me, the key is don't overuse Matt Forte. The Jets got Forte back last week. They kind of felt like he's the top dog in this offense. Now especially with Bilal Powell back. And I understand you may not want to put too much on Powell's plate because he's injured, but you also have the rookie Elijah Maguire. I think that the Jets should limit Forte's carries. I think he's shown right now he is not a go-to back in this league. I think he's a fill-in guy right now. I think 
if Powell and McGuire are tired, if you want to make sure that they, the two of them don't get worked too much, then yeah, you sprinkle in some Forte touches here or there. Maybe there are points where you line Forte out wide and use his craftiness as a route runner to try and make something happen in the passing game. I can see that. But outside of that, I don't think there's really a lot of use for Forte. I'm not sure whether this is going to happen. The Jets, for whatever reason, seem to think Forte is still a number one back in this league. But I think that a key is not using him too much. I think you want to limit his touches. I think at this point he's the clear number three back on this team here. He should be the number three back in terms of productivity, in terms of capability. Will they use him that way? I don't know, but I think it certainly would help the offense if you saw more Powell, more McGuire. And on the defensive side of the ball, I am going to say schematically everything should be focused on stopping the run. Buster Screen Jarvis Landry is my key matchup. That matchup concerns me. But the Dolphins, I think, can only win this game if they run the ball effectively. And the Jets have struggled very much against the run, and it may require them deploying extra resources. It may require Jamal Adams, a bounce-back game from him. But the Jets are going to need to key on the run. They're going to need to play the run first. Do what you can to shut down the Miami ground game. And from there... You know, force them and force them to get behind the schedule on offense. You know, from, try and limit their early gain, which is something you do obviously always try and do. But I think schematically, what you're looking to do is commit to stopping the run. Of course, no team ever goes into a game saying, "Boy, I hope we give up a lot of big run plays." But I think the Jets need to game plan with this as their number one focus. They need to say, if there's one thing that we can't allow it to happen, it's for Miami to run the ball effectively, and we are going to build our play calls, our defensive play calls, our defensive assignments around the idea that we're going to stop the run. So that's what I have to say about this game. Thanks for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe to it. iTunes, Audio Boom, and Spotify are your options. And please give the show a good review in iTunes. While you're doing it, leave your Twitter handle to have a chance to win a subscription to Pro Football Focus. Hope you enjoy your weekend, hope you enjoy the game, and we'll be back Monday to talk about it.